Hey everyone, my name is Fernie. I'm the pastor here at Mid-City Church. I am so glad that you're joining us for week two of the Generosity Project. Uh, we're looking at, uh, it's a three-week series, and we're looking at ways uh, that we can begin to live generous lives. And in doing so, we begin to exhibit some of the characteristics of God. This, this whole series is based off of John Wesley's sermon called The Use of Money. And so you'll hear... Um, uh, quotes from it throughout the sermon, and I'm just, I'm really excited about it. Last week, we talked about uh, that if we want to live generous lives, we have to gain all that we can. And, and, and essentially, John Wesley would say, go work as much as you want, gain as much money as you want, but at the end of the day, never do it at the expense of your life or your health. And we talked about how the, the best way to do that is to be willing to practice Sabbath. And so I hope that if you joined us last week that you uh, uh, built a generosity box or a, a, a Sabbath box. I hope that you spent some time resting and just being present in God's, God's presence. I, uh, if, if you didn't join us last week or maybe you forgot, I want to encourage you this week, uh, build a, a Sabbath box, uh, put all your stuff that would distract you from practicing Sabbath in there and Spend 10 minutes in God's presence and just resting, disconnecting from work and life and everything that can bring you down. If you didn't join us last week, uh, you'll find in the comments section some links to uh, our uh, worship service. So there'll be, there should be one for Facebook and YouTube, and we even have a podcast that you can listen to while uh, you're exercising or you're on your run or you're driving to work. So I want to encourage you to go back and listen to week one of the Generosity Project. Well, this week, uh, we're going to keep talking about it, and we're going to talk about the second practice that John Wesley encourages us. And I want you to listen to what he says in his sermon, The Use of Money. He says this, Having gained all that you can, the second rule of Christian prudence is to save all that you can. You see, if we are going to live generous lives, we don't just have to gain all that we can. We have to learn to save all that we can. But, but let me be clear here uh, for a second. I think when, when I think of that line, right, save all that you can, the first thing that comes to my mind is uh, cushion my savings account, grow my retirement or my investment funds, right? Maybe if you have a can, uh, an empty coffee can where you're putting cash, right, like fill that up as much as you can in case of an emergency, right? We, we tend to think of saving all that we can as, as this idea of gathering as much money and holding onto it for, for, as much as, for as long as we can and, and building as much as we can. But, but I would actually say Wesley has the completely opposite idea of what saving all that you can means. I want you to listen to this quote from a sermon. Waste no money curiously adorning your house in superfluous or expensive furniture, in costly pictures, in paintings, gilding books, or in elegant rather than useful gardens. Did you catch that? See, what Wesley encouraged his people to do was to save as much money as they could. And, and he didn't mean save, gather as much money. He, he literally meant cut as many expenses in your life as possible. Try to avoid uh, unnecessary expenses that, that bring nothing to your life. He literally meant don't spend your money on useless things. See, for Wesley, it was very important. Save all that you can. In other words, save your money. Don't spend it on things you don't need. 
Don't spend it on expenses that you don't need. And, 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 and here's the deal. The way you do that, the way you begin to save all that you can, is by learning to be happy or content with what you have. Now look, for Wesley, this wasn't just uh, something that he preached. He literally put this into practice every single day. Last week, I told you all that. Uh, Wesley, in his first year at Oxford, made about 30 pounds a year. And it's estimated that during that first year, he lived off of 28 pounds. That, that his living expenses, his housing, his food, everything, that all of his expenses were about uh, 28 pounds, which means uh, um, he, he, you know, he lived within his means. Well, the following year, if you remember, he made 60 pounds. He was still living at 28 pounds that second year. He refused to increase his expenses. What's really fascinating is that later in his life, as Wesley's popularity grew, he was making about 1,400 pounds a year. I mean, that's a lot of money. And do you know how much his living expenses were at that point? One would assume that they were a lot, right? No, his living expenses went from 28 pounds a year to 30 pounds a year. I mean, he, he didn't just preach this stuff. He lived this stuff. Save as much money as you can by not making purchases that you don't need. Don't waste your money on unnecessary things. In fact, at one point he even says, uh, it'd be better to throw your money in the ocean than to buy things that you don't need. Friends, if we're gonna live a generous life, then we have to learn to save all that we can. And if we're gonna save all that we can, then we have to learn to be happy with what we have. We have to learn to be content with what we have. You see, that was John Wesley's challenge to uh, people uh, at his time. And it's the same challenge for you and I today. We have to save all that we can if we're going to live generous lives. And if we're going to save all that we can, we have to learn to be happy or content with what we have. So how do we do that? How do we learn to be happy? How do we learn to be content with what we have? Well, uh, today's scripture, I think, gives us three tools to do that. And I want you to listen to this. We're going to read the whole thing first, and then we'll, we'll uh, uh, talk section by section. So our scripture comes from Exodus chapter 16, verses 16 through 20. And here's what it says. This is what the Lord commanded, and this is Moses talking. It says, "'Gather as much of it as each you needs, an omer to a person,' according to the number of persons, all providing for those in their own tents. The Israelites did so, some gathering more, some gathering less. But when they measured it with an omer, those who gathered much had nothing over, and those who gathered little had no shortage. They gathered as much as they needed. And Moses said to them, let no one leave any of it over until morning. But they did not listen to Moses. Some left part of it until morning and it bred worms and became foul. And Moses was angry with them. Now, let me explain what's happening in this text. We read a little bit of it last week, but this is a little bit further in the text. So the Israelites are out in the wilderness. They've, they've escaped Egypt, uh, uh, slavery in Egypt, and they're headed towards a promised land. And they start getting hungry along the way. And so God tells Moses that in the mornings, he's going to uh, uh, give them manna, give them bread to eat. 
And so Moses tells them in the morning, right, go out and gather as much as you need. But don't save any of it for the next day. Some of them do, and that bread, that manna, goes bad. Now, in this text, I think we can find three tools, three ways that we can learn to be content with what we have. And remember, if we learn to be content or happy with what we have, then we can begin to save all that we can. We can begin to live generous lives that way. So here's the first one. Here's the first thing that stands out to me in this text. Verse 17 says this, the Israelites did so, some gathering more, some gathering less. See, the first thing we have to do to learn to be happy or content with what we have is that we have to stop comparing ourselves to others. See, the the scripture tells us that they all go out and they gather, right? They gather whatever they need and some gather more and some gather less. Notice what's not in this text. Notice what's missing in this text. Scripture never tells us that the ones who gathered more were better workers. Scripture doesn't tell us that the ones who gathered more were were more righteous or, or, or closer to God. Scripture doesn't tell us that the ones who gather less were lazy or somehow unable to gather more. Scripture doesn't say anything about people's worth based on how much they gathered. It simply says some gathered more and some gathered less. Friends, if we're going to be content, if we're going to be happy with what we have, then we have to stop comparing ourselves to others. Because the reality is some people have more and some people have less. But what we have does not define us. What you own, what you possess, what you have on your name, none of that, none of that has the ability to define you, to, to say how much you're worth to dictate your your status in society. Friends, if if, if we are, if we're going to learn to be happy with what we have, we have to stop looking around and comparing ourselves to what everyone else has. See, the Israelites gathered to have enough to eat, not to find their social status. You and I, we gather stuff. We gather to meet our needs, not to find or define our social status. See, friends, if we're going to be content or happy with what we have, we have to stop comparing ourselves and what we have to others and what others have. Now, here's the second thing that this scripture tells us to do. We have to remember that what we have is enough to meet our needs. Right? So the first one is we stop comparing to, uh, what we have to what others have. The second one is that we have to realize that what we have is enough to meet our needs. I want you to listen to this, verse 18. But when they measured it with an omer, those who gathered much had nothing over, and those who gathered little had no shortage. They gathered as much as each of them needed. See, verse 18 tells us, no matter what they gathered, whether it was a little or a lot, it was enough. Friends, I want to tell you, no matter what you have, what you own, no matter how many possessions you have, whatever you have is enough to meet your needs. 
Look, you don't need the newest iPhone just because it's out. You probably have a phone to communicate with people. You don't need a new computer just because there's a new one that's out. You probably have a computer of your own. You don't need to go buy the fanciest clothes just because they're out and it's the newest, uh, best, fanciest thing. What we have, what you have, what you already own, what you already have, friends, it's enough to meet your needs. See, if we're going to be content, if we're going to be happy with what we have, we have to assess, we have to look at everything we have, and we have to realize that we have enough to meet our needs. The third thing that I think this text reminds us, the third tool this text gives us, is that stuff will never fulfill the desires of our hearts. I'm going to say that again. Stuff will never fulfill the desires of our hearts. John Wesley says it this way, and this is my paraphrase of John Wesley. The more we indulge, the more we end up wanting. The more we indulge in stuff, the more stuff we end up wanting. I want you to listen to this for these two verses, verses 19 and 20 from the same text. And Moses said to them, let no one leave any of it over until morning. But they did not listen to Moses. Some left part of it until morning and it bred worms and it became foul. See, I'm going to go off on a limb right now. But my guess is that the Israelites, the Israelites longed to have something, uh, to have uh, more than what they needed, right? They longed to have an abundance because they hoped that in having more than what they needed, their needs would be met. And not just their like physical needs, but, but, but more of their um, unnecessary needs. That in having more than what they needed, the desires of their hearts would be fulfilled. In other words, they'd feel better about themselves. They would feel fancier, more important. They, they would feel better than everyone else. See, I want you to hear this. Stuff will never fulfill the desires of your heart, at least not permanently. See, I mean, think about it. These, the Israelites, they, they gathered this, all, all this bread, this manna, Right? They saved it, hoping that by the next day that they, they would feel better about themselves, that they would have a head start on everybody else, that, that, that somehow it would, it would, um, uh, they, they, would just, they, they would just feel better about themselves. And they wake up the next morning, and it's gone bad. They can't eat it. They have to throw it away. See, that's how stuff tends to work in our lives. We gather more and more and more, hoping that eventually they will fulfill the desires of our hearts. But let's be honest. Eventually, st uh, stuff stops fulfilling the desires of our hearts. Eventually, stuff stops making us happy. Eventually, stuff leaves us wanting for more stuff. Stuff may, may fulfill the desires of our hearts temporarily, but eventually... Like the bread, 
they all go foul. Eventually they stop working. Eventually they stop meeting our needs. Friends, I know we can all relate to this. I mean, think about it. When was the last time you went out to the store and you bought something that you just absolutely had to have? For a while, it probably met your needs. It probably made you happy. You, you probably thought, I'm never gonna want anything again. You, you probably thought to yourself, now, now this is now, now my heart is, is truly happy because I have this now. But let me ask you, how long did that feeling last? How quickly did that feeling fade? My guess is that you find yourself today thinking, well, that was nice, but if I only had this now, if I only had that now, see, stuff will never fully fulfill the desires of our hearts. Just like that bread went bad and couldn't meet their needs anymore, stuff, the stuff that we own, the stuff that we get, the stuff that we purchase, eventually it too goes bad. Eventually it stops meeting the needs, the desires that they once filled. Eventually we have to get rid of them and, and, and our hearts are, are longing for something more and better. Look, the text is clear. If we want to learn to be content, to be happy with what we have, then we have to stop comparing ourselves to others. We have to realize that what we have is enough to meet our everyday needs. And, and, and probably more importantly, we have to realize that stuff, having more and more stuff, will never fulfill the desires of our hearts. Friends, if we're going to live generous lives, we have to learn to save all that we can. And if we're going to learn to save all that we can, then, then, then we have to be willing to be content, to be happy with what we have. So stop comparing yourselves to others. Realize that what you have is enough and accept the fact, because it is a fact, that stuff will never permanently fulfill the desires of your heart. So I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you to put this into practice. And here's how we're going to do this. Is there anything in your lives right now that you have been wanting to purchase for a while? Something you've had your eyes on for a while. Is there anything in your lives that, that you're like, oh, I think I'm going to finally buy this this week? Before you do, I want you to ask yourselves three questions. The first question, are you wanting to buy this because everyone else has it? Are you comparing yourselves to others, right? You're looking around, everybody else has it, therefore you want to have it too. So first question, are you wanting to buy this because everyone else has it? The second question is, do you already have something like it that still works, All right? This is about uh, realizing that what we have is enough. Before you buy this, whatever it is, ask yourself, do I have something like it that still works, that still uh, meets the, the, the needs that I have? And the third question I want you to ask yourself, have you told yourself that if you buy this, 
you're going to be happier or that life will be better or that uh, the desires of your heart will be filled. Before you make any purchase this week, I want you to ask yourself those three things. And if the answer to any of them is yes, my challenge to you this week is to say no to it. Choose not to buy it. Hold off a while. Don't buy it right now. Instead, look at your life, look around and say, I do have enough. I'm, I'm okay, I don't need to make that expense. I can save in this moment. Now look, I'm gonna be very honest and, and, and just real with y'all. There will come a day when you're gonna look at those questions and you're gonna say, no, I'm not buying something because I'm comparing myself to others and everybody else has it. Uh, I'm, I'm not buying it because it's the next big thing or, or, or next uh, cool thing that everybody has. Uh, uh, I don't have something that's still like it, that still works. And, and right, you might look at these three questions and you'll say, no, I, I really do need to buy this now. And that's okay, buy it. If your answer to these questions was no, buy it. That means you probably do need it in your life. But friends, to live generous lives, we have to be willing to look at our lives, to assess what we have, to assess the desires that we wish to fulfill and say, I really don't need that right now. Sure, a brand new car would be awesome, but mine's still running just fine. Yeah, that new gadget would be great but I'm okay right now. I don't need it. See, if we're going to live generous lives, we have to learn to save all that we can in any way that we can. And the best way to practice saving all that we can is by looking around at our lives and learning to be happy with what we have, learning to be content with what we have. To friends, stop comparing yourselves to others. Realize that what you have is enough. And know that no matter how much stuff you buy, no matter what kind of abundance you create in your life, those things will never fulfill the desires of your heart. Let us learn to be happy, to be content. And in so doing, let us begin to save all that we can. May it be so. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, I give you thanks. God, this world may push us and tell us to go buy more and to uh, build an abundance, but, but God, I pray that we may stay centered on you. When our hearts and maybe even the world around us, uh, around us tells us to go get more stuff, to, to, to go make more purchases that, that are going to make us happier. God, remind us that you have already given us enough to meet the needs of our lives. God, help us to find joy in having enough. To walk away from an abundance of things we don't really need. God, help us to save all that we can. 
God, I just give you thanks. And I pray this in your most precious and most glorious name. Amen.